0: Yaldabaoth, the jealous beast god, the fabled mythological, also from Gnostic text, as well as many other different mythologies and many different names, but today we're going to get into part two of this Yaldabaoth series, so welcome everyone, as you are joining in the comments down below, thank you for being here today. Uh, we are this is a really interesting series, so buckle up. Uh, I probably won't take a whole lot of questions during the live stream today because I've got a lot of data to go through. I'm going to get into the rest of the data sheet that I have, it's all the research I've put together, uh, which is very, very interesting, tying off to Yahweh of the Old Testament. In fact, in ways that are just irrefutable, in my opinion um before we get going please know this is in all love light and respect to all walks of faith religion uh ideas cultures as well as orientations races we don't care who you are what your belief systems are as long as you're here in love and light and unity and seeking the authentic reality and a larger picture of the world we live in then you are very welcome here uh, so as always keep the comments kind, nice and, uh, seeking. If you have a genuine question, I'm happy to look at it, um, and try to answer it on the air the best I can. Um, MLux, what is up? Welcome. Thank you for being here. Uh, Imlux says I like your channel. Thank you very much. And you're from Luxembourg. What is up? Welcome. Uh, we've got a pretty cool global community here on the cub Cooker supernatural podcast if you've never met me before my name is jacob Cooker, but my friends call me cub and you should too so uh every day on the cub Cooker supernatural podcast we discuss faith spirituality and the paranormal as a means to better understand the authentic reality that we all live in as well as ourselves uh so that we can better serve others and literally make the world a better place Uh, So I hope you guys vibe with that. If you do, you're in the right place. This is some AI artwork that I make. This is uh, my depiction of what Yaldabaoth may have looked like in human form. Um, We see that uh, Moses literally spoke with Yahweh as a friend or as a man talks to another man. Uh, We're going to see that in the text today. We're also going to see where Jesus says that no man has seen the Father. Um, uh, so, more and more and more proof as we go down this rabbit hole that Yahweh is not the father of christ i 've done a whole video series on that already i 'm going to continue to do more uh I keep beating on this drum because I just keep finding more data and uh I have personally struggled with the God of the Old Testament because growing up, I spoke with a deity I spoke with the father um the Father has always protected me, looked out for me, taken care of me, literally rescued me out of situations, times that I should have uh, maybe maybe even died. He has uh, lifted me out of those situations um, and protected me and, and set me apart and set me into this time in my life where I'm doing this thing that I'm so, so blessed to do. Um, and so as I spoke with this entity growing up, And then the later I got deeper into biblical studies and and I understood what the God of the Old Testament really was like and really did, I started to really question if God was even real and if this thing that I was talking to is just my imagination or, uh, you know, all these coincidences or whatever. Uh, And all that did was lead me away from the truth, lead me away from the Father. Um, And I'm talking about the universal Father and the universal Christ today. I am a uh, universal... Christ follower seeker and embodyer and we all are and so this is not from a certain um a certain bent I do read my bible I'm also reading the Bhagavad Gita right now uh, I read a lot of eastern mysticism um I read a lot of gnostic uh texts so if you're wondering what I am uh yes that that would be what I am uh kind of all of the above so someone who absolutely loves the idea of love i love the energy of love and oneness and unity and forgiveness and just this idea that we really are all connected and we really are a part of the divine intelligence because we're pieces of that uh trapped in a physical matrix that's the way i see the world so hillbilly says uh hope you yours and uh you are doing well cub yes yes we are um so thank you guys for being here uh Uh, Oh, and Rock We Trust, what's up? Welcome back. How are you doing? So as we get back into it, into part two, just a quick recap. Yaldabaoth is an evil deity and the creator of the material world in various Gnostic sects and movements. Sometimes represented as uh, the theriomorphic, that's a big word, theriomorphic lion-headed serpent. We talked about that earlier later on it was translated into the worm god like a big worm body or a serpent body or some even say a dragon uh as yahweh is described uh, in certain texts the the great dragon spewing forth smoke and fire from the nostrils i'm going to go back over the verses i shared this morning i stopped as we went down the rabbit hole of my verse comparison chart which will be available in a ebook it's going to be a complete ebook with pictures uh, it's going to have my artwork. It's going to have the verses tying these connections and it's called decoding faith, the mythos, and the, the authentic mission of Jesus Christ. Um, and that's going to be available very soon for free on my website, www.cubcooker.com dot com. So please check that out. If you get a chance. Uh, Hopefully, by the time this is up or at least the weekend, I'll have uh, at least some version of that ready to go. I want to get it out as quick as possible because this is a big part of my life's mission uh, because it really messed me up emotionally, mentally, spiritually, trying to put pieces of this story together that just don't go together. Um, I'm not someone who holds the Bible as a complete infallible work i hold it as a beautiful document as a beautiful spiritual text i believe it has some of the authentic words of christ in it i believe it has uh, a lot of the different mythoses in it from ancient times as well as a lot of hebrew texts um i also believe that genesis 1 and genesis 2 are two different creation stories um and and i'll do more about that as we go on Um. Hillbilly says, beliefs of our ancestors are very interesting, psychologically speaking. Absolutely, definitely. Um, let's see. Uh, Pause says, God is a social construct meant to control. Yeah, okay. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Literally, the data that I'm uncovering, guys, is going to help so many people who have struggled. Uh, maybe they want to believe. Maybe they want to believe in a deity, a God, a, a, a universal love, a source, a unity, um, an energy, a spirit, maybe they want to believe in that, but they struggle so hard because they look at the old Testament and they look at some of these ancient documents and ancient belief systems and really, really struggle with the atrocious acts specifically of the old Testament God, um, which was responsible for, uh, the the count of it is over 2 million unalivings. The estimate of it is like 25 million unalivings, including the great flood, including, um, you know, when the 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 angel of death passed over uh, with all the Egyptians and the children, women. I mean, just uh, all the sacrifices that required it, it was it was literally a death toll unheard of. Um, it just and probably even more than we've estimated. So, uh, yes, is Yahweh Yaldabaoth. That's that's what I'm talking about today. I believe absolutely yes. Um, and I'm going to talk about that, and I believe I'm going to prove it to, to the best I can. Can I prove any of this? No, I can't. I mean, we're, we're not going to uh, you know be able to go up the mountain and meet this entity and say, are you the true God? Well, he says he is. He says he is. And, and a lot of the texts that we have, uh, we get that from. But again, as I shared earlier, this Yaldabaoth, said the exact same thing. In fact, the quote, which is so, so similar, eerily similar to the biblical verses of where Yahweh claims to be God, in the Apocryphon of John, or the Secret Book of John, which is a Gnostic text, another one of those Gnostic texts that I talk about, uh, they're very old, uh, very interesting, and obviously the early church and the Gnostics had kind of a a budding of heads uh, that didn't really agree with each other, and we've got a lot of uh, the early church documents in our our holy text, the Holy Bible. But we also have some of the Gnosticism ideas still left within the Bible, and it makes it kind of confusing when you try to understand who this beautiful, loving singularity of a father is that Christ came to preach, and then all of a sudden you get into Old Testament and you try to justify the Old Testament God being the Father of Christ it just doesn't work logically. It doesn't work with the text, and it certainly doesn't work with the character of that God um, and literally what Christ was speaking of. So the Bible says the devil comes as an angel of light. Absolutely. Hence, Yaldabaoth, Yahweh um, being talked about as, uh, we've talked about the shiny ones earlier uh, that appear as angels or extraterrestrials again i believe in extraterrestrial gods from the old testament we see pantheons of them within the sumerian and egyptian cultures as well as all around the world each pantheon while it is unique to the cultural experience of those gods they are eerily similar in the pantheons most of which have a godhead or a divine family uh with you know one two three uh, kind of core gods that make up then the family that the rest of the gods' creations come from. Uh, and then here we are in the West, especially within Western evangelical traditions, we're told there's only one God. None of them even exist. They were just statues. Yet we have all this data that people not only worshiped them, but were blessed by them, actually spoke with them, and had experiences physically in this plane with their gods. So this behind me is uh, just my representation of Yahweh or Yaldabaoth or what some people may call the Satan. Now, I've talked about how in Job there are three characters. If you look up and you actually go into the Strongs and read through Job and read uh, what it actually says, you have Yahweh, you have Elohim, and you have the Satan. Three different characters – talking amongst themselves. And in fact, the Elohim doesn't say a whole lot, but the Satan and Yahweh are basically making a deal to mess with Job and see if he'll still serve the most high. Now, unfortunately we translate that a lot as, well, this is just God testing Job to make sure that he's pure. Uh, and I'm sorry, I just don't buy it. Uh, this was, you know it's just too obvious when you read it with that lens and then you see all this other data around it especially with uh Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 just real quick Genesis 1 creation story Elohim cre- created plural Elohim father mother son the son is Christ uh you may call him Krishna you may call him the Buddha whatever that pure divine light energy is it literally is the light born from the love of the mother and the father the spirit of them born into light and imbued into all of creation that is the logos which is called the um it's called the uh logos l o g o s that's the greek of it and if you look up that greek word it means it's not just a spoken word it which we've kind of translated it to mean it actually means the divine computation or the divine expression of god and it's it's pretty beautiful when you look into that so um uh who is that behind you so yeah that is uh that is uh yaldabaoth or my my representation of it so we're talking about the evil god of the old testament again in all respect to all faiths and religions here. This is not an affront against anyone at all. This is an open discussion about mythologies and about how the Old Testament has been morphed over time and tried to fit the narrative of the New Testament when I believe and I see uh, from my studies that Christ came to bring a new God. It wasn't actually a new God. It was an ancient God that had been forgotten because we had been taken over by extraterrestrial demonic gods, who were by all intents and purposes, angels, servants of the most high sons of God, whatever you want to call them. If you remember, I've talked before in Sumerian mythology, you have L the God of gods. L is represented by a bull and by the water. Now remember baptism. We have baptism. Christ says you must be born of the water and of the spirit. I'm going to read those verses for you today. And it's going to blow your mind. Um, but also the bull was this, you know, they were worshiping a golden calf. Well, our translations now we say, well, that was Baal. Uh, when really that golden calf or golden bull, as it were, um, if you go to the site today, there's actually like cave drawings, like on whatever you want to call those, on the stone that they believe they, they had this altar built uh, at the base of Mount Sinai. And it looks like a bull. Uh, that bull would have represented El, the Most High God, Why would that, pardon my language, piss off the God they were serving? Well, the God they were serving would have been Yahweh, who had taken Israel as its portion. And we're going to see here later how that was a hired hand to take the flock of Israel, who did not lay down his life for the flock. Because as Christ says, the true shepherd lays down his life for the flock. We're going to see Christ literally stand against this, this Demiurge, this Yaldabaoth, this Yahweh, this old system, the law that enslaved and led only to death rather than the law of love and oneness that led to life. And that is probably one of the scariest stories I can tell you guys this Halloween season. The one where we might have been worshiping a God all along There really was the Satan. And I can't make up your mind for you I can tell you what the data says, and I can tell you where my heart leads me. And this is going to be a really interesting study. So, buckle up. This probably won't be the last episode I do on this, but I really wanted to do it now because it's been on my heart. Because worshiping and trying to justify this Old Testament God led me into a lot of addiction, a lot of pain, a lot of suffering. Uh, a period where my marriage almost ended, a period where my life almost ended, uh, a period where I was so depressed and and drinking so much that I didn't even know who I was. Uh, all the while, friends and family members on the outside just thought, oh, I'm just cub, I'm being creative, I'm, you know, doing stuff. I was writing some beautiful music at the time, uh, painting some beautiful artwork, uh, but I was just being eaten alive every day. And when I finally started seeing the authenticity about uh, what Christ came to preach, again, by whatever you want to call him, I'm reading the Bhagavad Gita right now and I see Christ in Krishna. I'm reading uh, Buddhist texts that I see uh, Christ in the Buddha. Like I see this energy that he's not this one person, but rather this universal entity that is in each and every one of us. And he came not to be worshiped, but to wake us up, to the fact that we are all parts of god and that's what i believe so um religion and supreme creator has stepped over spirituality mother earth father sky you know absolutely douglas um i'm a big believer in that too mother earth or mother spirit uh father sky or father uh spirit um you know however you want to call it there's lots of different traditions on that but there is something more ancient uh, and much more real and much more inward within us when we actually look at faith through the lens of spirituality rather than religion. And again, all respect to all of that. But for me, I have not found a lot of fruit. I always say on this channel, look for the fruit. And I have not found a lot of fruit looking at it through the, the lens of doctrinal religion. Uh, and I've looked through that a lot. I've taken classes on it. I've taught from that bent. I've been mentored under that uh, for the better part of 15, almost 20 years of my life. So um, I definitely understand that version of it as well. So um, let's see. Do not demonize the Old Testament God. It's the same God. God is one. Uh, Optic X, God is one. But I'm going to prove to you. Uh, with the scriptures today or at least I've proved to myself I may not prove to you but I think I'm gonna prove to myself over and over and over again as well as other people that watch this um, that that are gonna see that that God of the Old Testament if you hear these scriptures and you are a Christ follower uh, again by whatever you call Christ not necessarily the Christian Christ but, but the universal Christ if you're a Christ follower following that energy that consciousness that love Um, you're going to see some pretty crazy stuff in these scriptures today. So, uh, Barb says, my son is 16, never baptized, and I'm not part of any religion or church anymore. I don't know what to do. Barb, you're in the right place. Uh, your son may enjoy some of these podcasts. Um, we do some really cool stuff here. We literally have a lot of people that go to church here. This is not a church. Like we're not an organized anything. We're just being the body together. We're being, uh, this beautiful brother and sisterhood together. So, um, that's, that's what's really, really cool about this. And I show up here twice a day, Monday through Friday, as well as on Sunday mornings. Um, and so you're welcome anytime on here. We also have, um, we also have the YouTube channel as well as the audio podcast on Apple, Spotify. You can go check all that out at my website, cubcooker, C U B K U K E R dot com. Optic X says, whatever takes you home is good. Thank you. Very good. Good. I, I, I'm in agreement with that. Absolutely. So, um, so let's see, um, any other good comments I need to grab before we get going here? Cause I'm going to go ahead and actually read these scriptures. Um, so X spiritual, this is a depiction of y'all, the or Yahweh or Satan, uh, by whatever you want to call them. So, Uh, This is a a theory that I have that is picking up a lot of steam uh, within my own heart. Uh, Very, very few people are talking about it. I've got a few other contemporaries here on TikTok as well as on YouTube and Facebook that are talking about it, uh, all of which have some unique data that's kind of unique to their perspective But the idea is that the God of the Old Testament was actually an evil God that was ransoming the people or taking the people hostage essentially as his portion and that Christ was sent to release people back to the father to realize that we are all parts of God, that we are all we all are the Christ collectively, the body of Christ. Um, And so, again, this is not an inherently religious message, but more of a spiritual mystic message Uh, And that's really the message I'm trying to return to here. So, um, yeah, Optic X, some people say Jesus is the great delusion, which is interesting because it's easy to see that. But if you actually separate him from the God of the Old Testament and and take the view that he was coming to stand against that and actually uh, ransom us from that entity, then you kind of start to see how like, oh, okay, like the message makes sense now. Because, again, I was raised that I'm a horrible, sinful person. And what did that manifest in my life? That I was a horrible, sinful person. That I was addicted. I, was, I hated myself. I didn't like others. I, you know, it, just, it led down to this pit of despair in my life. But then when I realized the, the authentic message of Christ, I start to ascend. I start to find more spirituality, more mysticism. A lot of people have called me New Age and Hippie and all of that stuff. And that's cool uh, because it's all just labels. But in my my experience, um, you know, there was no fruit looking at myself through the lens of this this Old Testament. And a lot of people say, well, the Old Testament God changed when he had a son. Well, he's always had a son. He's always had a son. So that that argument doesn't stand. So um so that's kind of where we're at. Um And yes, Yeshua actually you know would be the name of christ in that timeline i say in that timeline because i believe that christ came in many timelines many different forms i talked earlier about the holy trinity the egyptian holy trinity um and how christ is present in that we've we've uh there's there's many other uh kind of what i consider versions of christ or incarnates of christ if you will so uh, and I don't mean that as any kind of sacrilege or blasphemic way. I mean, like, look at look at the energy of these beings that walk the earth that literally sacrificed themselves for the message, literally brought nothing but love and unity and spiritual ascension to bring us back to the Father. Um, and so that's how I view Christ. And so through that lens, we're going to get into it over on Wikipedia.com. You can read about Yaldabaoth. Um, and so, uh, Yaldabaoth, the evil deity and creator of the material world and various Gnostic sects and movements, as well as texts specifically, uh, in the, the Gnostic gospel of John or what's called the apocryphon of John or the secret book of John, uh, Yaldabaoth is presented. He is regarded as the Demiurge. Now the Demiurge is really interesting. That's where you get into like all the archons and, and different things like that. That's over my head right now, and for the purpose of this study, we're not going to get deep into the mythology. I tried to a little earlier today, but I want to stay more on the surface so we can get a bigger overview of this. So, The Demiurge is an artisan-like figure responsible for fashioning and maintaining the physical universe, or what we call the Matrix. If you know my Matrix theory videos... He would be the entity in Genesis 2 who made Adam, Adam, the first man out of clay, and then had to extract the rib out of him to then create the woman. Now, what happened there is really interesting. The theory behind Yaldabaoth or this Yahweh Elohim in, um, (laughs) somebody said that picture is metal AF, hell yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, It is very, very rock and roll. Uh, so that's kind of what we're, we're getting into today, but thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, that this, this Yaldabaoth character was literally trying to trap the energy of God within this creation that would be his prize, his portion. And that the idea of Israel wasn't just Israel, uh, the nation, but really the earth, like the whole earth. And, and obviously we had kind of translated, uh, Yahweh as the God of Israel, Uh, But it was more of a representation of a planetary system that was created by Yahweh. So we're going to use Yahweh and Yaldabaoth interchangeably in this. And that his idea was to trap souls, these divine souls that were created by the Father. He was going to make them into physical bodies imprisoned in a material universe or matrix. The name is probably derived from the Aramaic expression Yaldabaoth. Um, which means descendant of chaos. Here's what's interesting. I got to go to my document here. And like I said, I promise I'm going to have a free ebook for everyone. uh, So you guys can all read this for yourself and find all the sources cited and and try to try to understand this for yourself. This isn't something to understand because if you're trying to deprogram from years of like religious upbringing, uh, first off, God bless you. And second off, it takes more than just trying to understand it with your brain. It takes more of your mind, your body, your spirit, your emotions, your energies, this whole inner standing to go, okay, I know nothing. Let's open this up. Let's look at everything from a holistic, larger plane of existence and try to strip away all of these little little pieces and threads that I think I know. So that's, that's the harder part here. So we see that. Descendant of chaos is kind of the root of what Yalda Beoth means. Here's what's interesting. Yahovah, okay, Yahovah, Jehovah, if you've heard that in the Bible, the root of that, if you get into the Strongs, Yah is the name of the God of Israel or means God, you know, deity. Hovah means a ruin or disaster. So literally, Jehovah would mean. God of ruin or disaster. Then you get over here and you look at the mythical, because mo- a lot of people say, oh no, Gnosticism is just myth. It's based on old myths. It's not true. So, whatever you want to believe, here's the connection already. Descendant of chaos is Yaldabaoth. So, why does Jehovah and Yaldabaoth mean the same thing? I- I'm just saying. I mean, whoa, like crazy. So there's one for you. We're gonna we got a lot more here. So that's the whole mythology. You have a divine Trinity: Father, Mother. The Son is the Logos, the divine computation or expression, imbued in all living beings. They begin to create a pantheon of other sons or angelic beings, servants, managers of the universe, hired hands, if you will, to help manage this creation. Uh, not so much because they needed the management of it, but one of the things I read was, uh, so that they could begin to put their energy into all of these different aspects and experience this creation from all different corners of the universe. So it's really interesting. So, um, The Logos is the Trinity. Well, the Logos would be the Word of God. According to biblical tradition, the Word of God, the Word became flesh in Christ. So the Word would be that product of the Divine Father, the Divine Mother in the Son or the Logos or the Word of God, the Christ energy or the Christ entity, uh, which is the divine light. So, uh, again, according to literally you can go find different uh, interpretations of this everywhere. So, uh, I'm not going to say anything from a matter of a fact standpoint here, because I just don't know. Said Christ is the Trinity. Christ might be the Trinity. I don't know. I don't have proof of that. None of this I have proof of beyond looking at the mythologies, following my heart and trying to put bigger pieces together, see the correlation of all this, and at least try to extract the essence of it so that we can all I do like that ID uh uh Kale I believe is your name he's an avatar yes i agree with that i believe there's been other avatars of him as well so um so uh thank you i will check that channel out so um jesus loves you too snowflake thank you very much um so getting into it here we're going to look at Uh, I won't get into the Gnostic cosmology, which is really, you know, they basically the Godhead, there was one source in the beginning, one intelligence, that intelligence expanded, um, and then split and became the feminine presence, uh, which is, became the wife essentially of this divine father. Um, and, and in the Sumerian pantheon, you have Asherah, which is the, the wife of El, the God of gods. Um, that wife, by the way, uh, Yahweh hated Asher poles. He hated anything to do with the goddess Asherah, uh, which would make sense because if it was, if Asherah was actually, uh, like his great grandmother through the Pantheon, then, uh, and he was saying he was the only God, then that might've been a problem. So yes, the shining ones, absolutely. Um, and I've talked a lot about the Shining Ones, these extraterrestrial entities. Not all of them are bad, by the way, according to all these mythologies. God still has plenty of angels that do his work, plenty of uh, little G gods that do his work around the universe. So, uh, And I talked earlier about the, the millions. There's some faith traditions that are ancient that have literally millions upon millions of gods. So many they can't be named. Um, so many that you just can't even read through all of them. Uh, Of what they do what they manage, you know, that all had to come from somewhere some inspiration somewhere we look at our planet how many species of plants and animals and uh, In different races of humanity and bloodlines and everything and, and it's it's really hard to refute the idea that maybe there's a lot of gods out there Obviously one divine source father one that is truth and spirit the one that Christ came to reveal so let me get into my document because this is where the mind starts getting whoa um okay so buckle up here we go i'm going to talk about two different entities we're talking about the yalda and the yahweh character uh our yalda slash yahweh character which is this creepy looking guy um for for my purposes today and then we're going to talk about the divine father the spirit of truth and love and and divine energy Purity, all-knowingness, uh, and then we're going to talk about the Yahweh, Y'all the dragon, divine versus that. So those are the two we're going to talk to. And f- As we get into this, there's the dragon. I'll leave that up on the screen. So we have the extraterrestrial god. Different characteristics or what I believe experiences of this god are Ezekiel's wheel inside the wheel, spaceship uh jacob's ladder uh would be could be the ladder of a spaceship could be uh some sort of metaphysical experience uh could have been him actually seeing technology uh partying of the red sea obviously a technological event if that physically literally happened and you believe it this pillar of fire in the sky instead of thinking of a pillar of fire like this think of it turned like this if you've ever seen one of those pill-shaped ufos they are massive we have some data Collecting that they're several miles long. Uh, It says that it was a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of smoke by day. Uh, This was also considered the angel of Yahweh as it went in front of Yahweh um, and actually cleared the path and did the work to get these Israelites to move around. Uh, Moses' sacrifice was consumed by the orbs. There was one that was as a smoking fire pot and one as a flaming fire pot. Uh, they would have had these fire pots that they did in ceremonies and stuff, kind of like you see in churches today, like especially Orthodox churches. Uh, but this was what he saw. It was, they were like floating between it. If you've ever watched like Skinwalker Ranch, you see the orbs and stuff. They see very similar with the mist around them and stuff, really metaphysical looking. If they're consuming this sacrifice, this uh, wakes up. you know It's a really interesting image there, very extraterrestrial in my opinion uh, Enoch being taken up, who is he taken up? Christ says, no one has seen the father, but the son. So why is, uh, Enoch being taken up and said that he met with God. He stood before God. It says no man has stood before God. Why did, uh, Moses stand before God? You know, um, I, I I'm just saying these are questions I have that I can't answer. And certainly, certainly seems really, uh, interesting to go through here and worth our time. Um, And then also represented by the Aaronic priesthood. Okay, so there's different lines here. Christ is ultimately, biblically and traditionally within the modern church, is tried to be tied to uh, the Davidic line all through uh, the Levitic priesthood uh, and fulfilling all of the Hebrew scriptures. And while I believe that he did fulfill all of them, I don't refute that. I can't again. I don't know that, but I, I believe it. I don't see an issue with that. Um, I, I certainly believe he came to bring a new thing, a new God. Again, an ancient God, but a new one. So, um, and then let's see. So, spiritual Father. Here's characteristics of the spiritual Father: in it, the Most High God, Spirit and Truth, Christ, the Mind of Christ, the Body of Christ, the Transfiguration, the Spirit the Holy Spirit being caught up to Christ in the Spirit, the kingdom within you and me. Remember, they were looking for a physical kingdom, and he said the kingdom of God does not come with visible signs, but truly I tell you the kingdom of God is within you. Modern translations have changed that to the kingdom of God is among you. We've changed it to deify Jesus and say, well, he was the kingdom. Now, if you look at the original, go to the Strong's, it says the kingdom is within you is within you if thine eye be single again more of the eastern mysticism the third eye spiritualized spiritual practice more of the yogi type thing with him uh compassion not sacrifice he said my father requires compassion not sacrifice we're going to see direct contrast between the father christ is talking about and the god of the old testament and then finally the malchizedek priesthood we're going to talk about the malchizedek priesthood a lot As we do a series on magic, legit, inward, esoteric magic that you and I both have access to. Wielding frequencies, understanding the kingdom of God is within us. Realizing and recovering our divinity all through December as we approach the holiday season of Christmas. uh, What's on our Gregorian calendars as Christmas. We're certainly going to look into those esoteric things, specifically the magi the Melchizedek priesthood, and a lot of the uh, Essene magic and stuff that was going on at the time. So we're going to dig a lot into that. Getting into the scriptural comparison, the way I'm going to do this, I'm going to go down this spreadsheet. Uh, Magic, God does not need magic. God is magic. God is frequencies. He is light. He is uh, love. He is oneness. He is unity. That is magic. Sorcery is different. Sorcery is when you take A life in the physical matrix you either take or exploit that life to get what you need you're taking energy out of another physical thing or object or person or animal within the physical matrix that's where you get more of the demonic sorceries and stuff like that magic is different magic is inherently esoteric it is your mind your body your spirit your energies and your emotions all working together that's what yogis teach That's what uh, these wise men from the East would have practiced, uh, I believe. And this is what Christ taught. If you look at what he taught, Uh, the woman reaches out, uh, she's healed. She touches his cloak. He says, truly, I tell you, your faith has healed you today. Uh, He also said we would do greater things than even he did. Uh, Again, you look at all this data, the people, if you fight this within you, ask yourself, why? Why do I not want to believe that I'm divine? ask yourself that question today what has told me because I promise you in every single one of us there is a light being that wants to get out and play and most of all of our addictions our doubts our fears our failures all stem from the fact that we don't admit that that light being exists we believe that we are lower life forms came from monkeys whatever you want to say we don't want to believe that we're divine beings In a physical form in a physical matrix but if we're really honest with ourselves we realize there is a being inside of us that wants to have fun love others serve others and enjoy the heck out of this existence that we have and get all we can out of it and take that energy and send it back into the divine matrix recycling it back to ourselves which gives us more spiritual energy and power and the more we align our thoughts our actions, our emotions, and our actual energies in our body, that's when we get somewhere. Let's dive into the scripture here. Jeremiah 32, 26. Then came the word of Yahweh to Jeremiah, saying, Behold, I am Yahweh, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Contrast with John 4, 23. But an hour is coming, And now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For such people, the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit. Those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Wait, I thought he was the God of flesh. Nope, Jesus said that he was the God of spirit and truth. Then in John 3 uh, verse 5, it says, Most certainly I tell you, unless one is born of water, what is water? aligned with what l the bull the water and spirit what is spirit holy spirit the mother spirit he must uh he can't enter into god's kingdom that which is born of the flesh is flesh that which is born of the spirit is spirit contrast that to the verse in jeremiah i am yahweh god of all flesh then jesus says that which is born of flesh is flesh that which is born of the spirit is spirit are we born of the flesh or born of the spirit? You may say, well, I was born of my mother, so I'm obviously born of the flesh. Well, absolutely. Are we going to continue to follow those religious laws? Or are we going to follow the spiritual law, the law of love, the law of creation rather than makership, rather than uh, trying to find atonement, try to return? Um, and so that that's where this gets mind-blowing for me. Then we get into 1 Kings 8.12. Then Solomon said, Yahweh has said that he would dwell in thick darkness. Then 1 John one five. This is the message which we have heard from him and announced to you. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Wait a minute. I thought it said Yahweh would dwell in thick darkness. Oh, but really... In the gospel, it says God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. By the time I get to the bottom of this list, you are going to question, you are going to believe, because I do, and this is what led me there, that either Yahweh is lying or Jesus is lying. It can't be both. These scriptures are too much, too much night and day. To try and reconcile them together and just say, oh, there's duality in God. He's everything. If he's light, he's light. If he's darkness, he's darkness. And again, you may say, well, no, it's, you know, he's both. He's yin and yang. Repeat, please. Okay. So First Kings 8.12, Solomon said, Yahweh has said that he would dwell in the thick darkness. 1 John 1 5 says this is the message which we have heard from him and announced to you so the message directly from Christ that God is light and in him is no darkness at all so why are these contrasting then we get down here to Psalms 82 5 through 7 it says they are God's are, it says, they, the gods, do not know, nor do they understand. They walk about in darkness. Yahweh's in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. I said, you are gods, and all of you are sons of the Most High. Nevertheless, you will die like men and fall like any one of the princes. So it, here in Psalms, we're hearing where the Most High is talking about the sons of god okay now don't confuse this with like oh it's talking about the the tribe the tribe of people because we're all sons of god i'm not talking about the message of christ here i'm talking about the message of this is old testament here so he's talking about the gods who are going to perish and we're going to see that in revelation john eight forty four, chapter 8 verse 44 You are of your father the devil and you will uh, and your will is to do your father's desires he was a murderer from the beginning and has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth in him when he lies he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and the father of lies so this is in John 8 then you have um, the gods okay so they're gonna die like men or like princes okay but you have yahweh again what did i say earlier 25 million unalivings how many times did he end the lives of people because he was mad so do you see that you see how this is tying in here then we get to exodus 12:23 for yahweh will pass through and strike the egyptians and when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts yahweh will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to come into your houses and strike you. And then First Corinthians 10, 10, and do not complain as some of them did when they were killed by the destroying angel. Again, contrast all of this to your father is the devil in John 8. He was a murderer from the beginning. Do you see how all of these are tying together here? Um. Okay. Then we get to Leviticus. Um, actually, I'm going to skip that one. I'm going to save that one for later. Um, okay. This is good. Galatians four eight. However, at that time, not knowing God, you were in bondage to those who by nature are not God's. Then we get to 2 Corinthians 4, 4, in whom the God of this world, who's the God of this world? Satan has blinded the minds of the unbelieving that the light of the good news of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God should not dawn on them. Do you see the comparison? So bondage, not knowing God, bondage to those who by nature are not gods, who was in bondage to who? I mean, they were obviously in bondage to Yahweh. And then we get here, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving. That the And then Christ calls them, the ones that were following Yahweh and trying to follow this old law of Moses, saying, you know, you are following the devil. I mean, it, it, it's all there, guys. Like, I, I just, it's crazy. Like, the good news, the glory of Christ could not be seen by them who were blinded by the devil who were in bondage to him. Then we get into 1 Kings 18:38 through 39 The fire of Yahweh fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. When all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, Yahweh, he is God. Yahweh, he is God. Why would they say that? If you saw an extraterrestrial entity come down in fire and smoke and he consumed all of your goods the things that people needed to live, the resources. If he is a God of gods, if he is the most high, the almighty, why is he not giving resources in life rather than taking it day in and day out from his people? The calling of Matthew in Matthew 9, 13. On hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. That is in direct comparison in contrast to Yahweh desiring righteousness and sacrifice. Christ is saying, I do not desire righteousness or sacrifice, but rather mercy and sinners. That's a whole different... Yeah, Yahweh is a dragon, ex spiritual says. Uh, there's a whole other theory about that. I'm going to get more into that because I need to research more about that. But uh, the nostrils, like the, the description of Yahweh is like the elongated face, the nostrils pouring forth smoke, red eyes, like all of this stuff. One theory is, is that's an extraterrestrial ship that came down to Earth where this Yahweh extraterrestrial, one of the great leaders of the extraterrestrial races, stepped out of and spoke with Moses Uh, one of the theories is, is that that's the mythological representation of the spirit of this entity. Um, I'm more on the ancient astronaut theorist that, that an ancient alien was Yahweh, uh, that, that, that alien was supposed to be an angel of God serving God, just like Satan, the fallen angel imagery. Um, very, very similar. Um, let's see. Du, 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 du. Okay, I've got lots of data here. Okay, here's another one. Numbers 31. I'm telling you guys, by the time I'm done with this, you you will be questioning. Um, next time you read the Old Testament and New Testament, you can't unsee this. So there's your warning. Numbers 31. Moses and Eleazar, the priests, took their gold. Even all worked jewels. All the gold of the wave offering that they offered up to Yahweh, of the captains of thousands and the captains of hundreds, uh, was 16,750 shekels. The men of war had taken the booty, every man for himself, Moses and uh, Eleazar, the priest took the gold of the captains of the thousands and the hundreds and brought it to the tent of the meeting for the memorial of the children of Israel before Yahweh. So Yahweh required this Literally gold, like, you know, we know extraterrestrials like these resources, especially if you follow ancient astronaut theory. They like gold and crystals and stuff like that because they can use it in their technology. Um, and then first Peter says, if you call on him as father, who without respect of persons judges according to each man's work past the time of your living as foreigners here in reverent fear. Knowing that you were redeemed, not with corruptible things, with silver or gold, from the useless way of life handed down from your fathers, but with precious blood as the lamb without blemish or spot, the blood of Christ. Again, compare and contrast. I don't understand why pastors don't preach this. I do understand because I've gone my entire life and I never saw this until I finally agreed with God that He could take everything away from me if I could find truth, step into my life's purpose, and get everything that He was truly desiring for me back in return. Not as a bargain, like I want riches if I'll, you know but more of a like, I want to step into the new life that I know you have for me. I can feel it. I can see it, but I know I can't get there. Something's holding me back and I'm willing to trade all of these belief systems, all of the stuff, the house, the business, the, the position within my church at the time, all of the things. And I had to trade it in. And it wasn't until then that I saw this message. I'm just saying, guys, this takes everything. Somebody says, brethren, use discernment. You see what's up here. Absolutely. Use discernment. I'm not telling anyone not to. Please, by all means, pray about this. Seek deep, but understand it may cost everything. Because it did me. I couldn't get here until I was willing to give. I had. What did Jesus tell the man? He said, go home, sell everything come and follow me. I've had to do it. I'm just saying, and I'm not telling you that you literally have to go do that, but I'm saying there's probably things in your heart that you hold as gold that he's saying, I don't want the gold. I want the commitment. I want the love. I want the service. I want your heart. Annie Logan says me too. Absolutely. Uh, Tuesday's Ruby what's up says oh my god yes I've not been able to put into words my thought that's it thank you thank you very much um, seek him first and all things will be added absolutely here we go guys this is another one another mind-blowing verse here Genesis 11 1 through 9 Yahweh said behold they are one people and they all have one language and this And this is what they begin to do. Now nothing will be withheld from them, which they intend to do. Come, let's go down and confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So Yahweh scattered them abroad from the surface of all the earth. This is at the Tower of Babel when Yahweh sends them out and says, No, you're becoming too divine. I'm going to scatter you upon the face of the earth. If you remember when you were a kid and you learned about the the continent of Pangaea, when everything was one, and then everything got split apart, and now you have all these different peoples all around the world, and all we've done ever since then is fight amongst ourselves. Yahweh spread us apart, separated us, changed our languages so we couldn't work together, but a time is here now when we're starting to. We have the internet, we have translations. This channel right here is literally a global audience. We have people that speak different languages, have different faith traditions, different life orientations, different races. It is amazing what is happening now. We are not in the age of information anymore. We're moving into the age of enlightenment and thank God. Thank God. John 10:10 10, 10 through 15. The thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. See the wolf. See what Yahweh did. He took them as a portion when El gave out the portions of the peoples to the gods they were worshiping because they chose to worship different gods rather than the one God. And he didn't do it in anger. He did it in love and said, fine, manage your people and let your people find their, their way back to me. And he kept sending the logos, the sun, the Christ energy, the truth, the love, the light, incarnating in different people, different messages all through history. You think he just did it once. No, he's done it over and over and over. And here it is again. Oh, he's saying he's Jesus. I'm saying Christ is in me and he's in you. And we have the ability to speak life. We have the ability to speak life. You see what the hired hand did. I believe the hired hand is Yahweh, and I believe Christ came to call him out. Hosea thirteen four through 8. Yet I am Yahweh, your God, from the land of Egypt, and you shall acknowledge no God but me, and besides me there is no Savior. I knew you in the wilderness, in the land of great drought, according to the pasture. So they were filled, and they were filled and their heart was exalted. Therefore, they have forgotten me. Therefore, I am like a lion to them. Like a leopard, I will lurk by the path. This sounds loving, doesn't it? I will meet them like a bear that is bereaved of her cubs and will tear covering of their hearts. There, I will devour them like a lioness. The wild animal will tear them. Okay, here's where it gets real. Revelation 13. You guys want this end times prophecy stuff. I'm about to bring it. Let me get a drink there. Revelation 13. Then I stood on the sand of the sea. I saw the beast coming up out of the sea, having ten horns and seven heads. On his horn were ten crowns, and on his heads blasphemous names. The beast which I saw was like a leopard, and his feet were like that of a bear, and his mouth like that of a lion. The dragon gave him power, his throne, and great authority. You guys getting what I'm saying yet? This is wild, guys. Wild. I've got another beast in here. Marvell trying to chew on toilet paper. Or not toilet paper, but paper towels out of the trash. Mind-blowing, guys. Then in the Apocryphon of John, part 2, verse 20, it says, In his arrogance, Yaldabaoth boasted to the other uh, archons that I am God and there is no other God besides me. Compare that directly with the first part of Hosea. I am Yahweh, your God from the land of Egypt, and you shall acknowledge no God but me, and besides me there is no Savior. Everyone that says they're your Savior is not there, not your Savior, by the way. We know that. And again, this is not a religious message. This is a universal message to look for the fruit. Who brought fruit and who took fruit? resources who gave resources and who took resources I'm not talking about stuff i'm talking about life yes i believe christ is our savior that's what i'm talking about here but his daddy was not yahweh i do not believe i do not have data to back more ex spiritual says you guys wanted to be awoken absolutely welcome to the awakening It's not comfortable. You know how you don't want to get up in the morning and the light's too bright and your head hurts? Welcome. His dad was L, absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that name. I love L. I love God Most High. I love that truth, that spirit. It took me my entire life to learn that. And by the way, when you don't live knowing that truth, then you live in a really dark place yourself. And you make decisions That hurt you, that hurt people around you, that put you in a deeper hole of depression and more indebted to the beast. Why is it the beast system in Revelation? You guys are all waiting to get marks on your hand. Guys, you're already marked by your actions, your thoughts, your emotions, and your energies. You align with the beast system or you align with the Father, period. That's what I believe, that's what I experience. And I believe the kingdom of God is here right now within you and me. And we're the ones that manifest it. The more we wake up. I'm very passionate about this, guys. I hope hope you're picking up what I'm saying. I'm not trying to be preachy here. But this is so important, guys, because it almost killed me trying to believe this old God. Trying to put myself and my worldview in this old type of religious system where I still felt like I needed to follow Torah. I became a Torah follower for a while. I even have like a, a, a Hebrew Bible where everything's from the Hebrew. I mean, it's beautiful. I'm not saying it's not, but but it didn't, there was no fruit in it for me. And he says, me too, many sleepless nights. Absolutely. Uh, where is L in the Bible? Please give me scripture. There is no Bible you can pick up today that will have that name just there in it. You have to understand that the Old Testament is a mix of mythologies as well as Hebrew Scripture. You have to understand that when you go and you read, you have to look at the Strong's. The best way to do this is get an interlinear Bible. It's going to take a lot of work. My mom is actually doing it right now, and she's discovering some incredible things. She's in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 right now. That's a great place to start. Look at the difference between Elohim, the plural, which is the father, the mother, and the son. Uh, And if you don't believe that, then in more of a biblical theology, it would be the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit. But again, I'm not all for the inherently masculine Godhead. I believe the masculine and the feminine and that balance, the love between that creates the beauty of the logos or the word or the son of God, the Christ Um, so that's a great place to start, but you can start to see that now L, uh, is going to be the first part of that Elohim. You're also going to see certain people named in the Bible using that L or that YAH. So, uh, remember Rachel in the Bible was the one that he loved, but he had to marry. He was obligated under, uh, Sarah, uh, was it? Yeah. Sarah, um, And so you had like the two. Yeah, I think it was Sarah and Rachel. Sorry, I'm not perfect at all this stuff. Uh, I'm looking it up because I like to be accurate as much as possible here. Yeah. There we go. Sarah and Rachel in the Bible. Um... anyway yeah you can look that up but 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 one of their names is uh, is yah or ha and one of them's l so like there's a lot of that symbolism a lot of that symbolism going on uh look at matthew 17:21. sorry you guys distract me i love you all but you distract me um, okay. I don't see how that's relevant right now, but we'll, we'll look at that later. Okay. I'm going to turn comments off. <laughs> I love you all, but you know, I'm super ADD and it's easy to distract me. Okay. So to, to just kind of wrap this up here, um, this is where it gets even more mind blowing. Deuteronomy 32:48. 48. You always spoke to Moses that same day saying, go up to the mountain of, uh, Abram and Mount Nebo. Which is in the land of Moab that is across from Jericho and see the land of Canaan, which I give to the children of Israel for a possession. Die on that mountain where you go up for you shall see the land from a distance, but you shall not go into the land which I give to the children of Israel. So Moses dies on that mountain. Uh, He takes a perfectly healthy man and unalives him on a mountain. Then in Jude nine, it says, but, um, so in that verse, uh, let me continue. So Moses, the servant of Yahweh died there in the land of Moab, according to Yahweh's word. He was, uh, Yahweh buried him in the valley in the land of Moab opposite Beth, Pero, but no man knows where his tomb is to this day, Peror, um, but no man knows where his tomb is to this day. So, um, I double copied that in there. Uh so no man nobody knows where he is Yahweh knows where he is. Then in Jude 9 it says Michael the archangel when contending with the devil and arguing about the body of Moses dared not bring against him an ab- abusive condemnation but said may the Lord rebuke you. So he's arguing with the devil on where did you hide the bones of Moses? I can't make this stuff up guys. I mean Yahweh knows where the body of Moses is and Michael's arguing with the devil because the devil is the one that knows and Michael doesn't know. I mean, come on. It, it is all there. Annie Logan says, I knew the creator before I knew scripture. Amen. Absolutely. So did I. I remember swinging on a swing in the backyard when I was a kid, just talking to God. And it wasn't a God I learned at church. It wasn't a God I learned in scripture. It was the God I knew from my youth my first love that's all i'm calling us to return to because you don't need a religion you don't need a doctrine to know the father and unfortunately we've combined a whole lot of mythologies and a whole lot of ideologies as well as a whole lot of people trying to control the narrative so that we would be lost in a sea of doctrine Galatians 4 8 however at that time not knowing God you were in bondage to those who by nature were not gods and Then 2nd Corinthians 4 4 in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving that the light of the good news And the glory of Christ who is the image of God should not dawn on them There's another kind of comparison there. So you have bondage then you have uh, Being blind to Christ and I shared that earlier, but that's just two two verses I shared earlier, but they compare again And there's a lot of these that compare again, but uh, again, I'm working on a really good system of organization with commentary, my own commentary in an ebook that you guys will be able to download for free with artwork that you can read to your kids, read to your family. I want to share this message with the world and it's really important to get it out there and creatively, that's the best way I know how to get it out there. First Kings 1838. Uh, Oh, I backed up way too far. Sorry. This is what happens guys. I get distracted here. Okay, here we go. Second Samuel 24. Again, Yahweh's anger burned against Israel and he moved David against them saying, go count Israel and Judah. The King said to Joab, the captain of the army who was with him now go back and forth throughout all the tribes of Israel from Dan to even Beersheba and count the people that I may know the sum of the people. So Yahweh's anger burned, and he causes a census, right? Okay, so remember that. This is in 2 Samuel, specifically Yahweh. This is in the World English Bible, by the way. If you want to see the names there, not all the names are in the World English Bible, but a lot of them are, especially when it comes to Yahweh. You can read the World English Bible. If you really want to get deep into it and see the different versions of El, Elohim, El Elyon, you can go look like I said, at the Strongs or get you a uh, um, interlinear Bible that has the Greek and Hebrew in it, and that's a really good way to really start this study for yourself. So now we get into First Chronicles 21. Satan stood up against Israel and moved David to take a census of Israel. Wait what? what? How do we miss this guys? Second Samuel, Yahweh's anger burns and he causes a census. Same event. And then First Chronicles 21, Satan stands up against Israel and makes David take a census of Israel. David said to Joab, go to the princes of the people. Go count Israel from Beersheba to even Dan and bring me a word that I may know how many they are. Why does the Old Testament say Yahweh burned against Israel and the New Testament say uh, Satan stood up against Israel? I, I don't understand. Can someone explain that to me? I'm just saying guys, I mean it's um it's all there. I got to look something up real quick cuz I like to be accurate. Da-da-da-da. I'm trying to remember if Chronicles is in the Old Testament or the New Testament. I don't know. Doesn't matter at this point. I'm not a scholar, guys. I'm just an average dude with a creative bent that loves God, loves spirituality, loves faith, loves paranormal, and wants to figure out what the heck is going on. And that's all I'm doing. That's all I'm doing. So thank you for your patience. Uh, there's plenty of biblical scholars that have argued with me on this. But again, they're, they're programmed a certain wavelength to, to read it from a certain angle. And I'm not, and maybe that's why we can find stuff like this together because, you know, I, I, again, I came at this as an, I don't know attitude and here we are. So, um, so yeah, I mean, Yahweh takes the census and then Satan takes a census, two different books, same event, absolutely mind blowing. I just think it's more data. Yeah. Open mind. Absolutely. And I'm going to try to finish this document. I'm almost done with some of the, Research I have here or what I have pulled up so Exodus 33 9 through 11 in the world English Bible when Moses entered the tent the pillar of the cloud descended stood at the door of the tent and Yahweh spoke with Moses all the people saw the pillar of the cloud stand at the door of the tent and all the people rose up and worshiped everyone at their tent door Yahweh spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to a friend he turned again to the camp, blah, blah blah blah. blah. So it literally says Yahweh spoke to Moses face to face. Then in John one eighteen in the World English Bible, it says Jesus says, No one has seen God at any time, the only one and only Son who is in the bosom of the Father has declared him. Tell me he's not talking about a different entity. I, I don't <laughs> I just don't see how anyone could refute it with this much data and this is not near all the data I haven't even begun to dig through all this. This is just the tip of the iceberg tip of the iceberg Christ came to reveal the one true God He is not a God aligned with any religion or any practice or belief system. He is just who he is He is the one the source the unity the, the, the mother spirit he sends to us to comfort us and guide us and whisper things to us so that we know we're not alone The Christ energy is within all of us because he placed it there because that sacrifice There's the Christ sacrifice then you look at other mythologies and the other Christ figures sacrifice themselves to some even on a cross for the truth for the love, for the unity, for the light, to buy us back from the evil gods. And as we wrap up here, Isaiah 14, 12 through 14, how you have fallen from heaven, O shining one, son of the dawn, how you were cut down to the ground who laid the nations low. You said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mountain of the assembly in the far north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. Yah, the name of God. Hova, a ruin, a disaster. Jehovah. Yaldabaoth, the most probable derivation of the name Yaldabaoth was given by Jonathan Carl Ludwig Gisler. Giesler believed the name was derived from the Aramaic Yalda and then Beoth, meaning son of chaos. Jehovah is the god of ruin and disaster. Yalda Beoth is the son of chaos. Coincidence? I think not. Then you look at him exalting himself. I read that earlier where he says there will be no other gods. Like, look at all the things he always says about himself in the Bible. Why does he have to say all those things? You don't hear El Elyon, God Most High, the Father that Christ came to reveal. You don't hear him him going on and on. All he's trying to do is bring people back to himself the whole time. And all this judgment that you see coming that everyone says is in Revelation and and everybody's going to be, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not going to get into that yet. We'll do a Revelation series soon. But but guys, the gods are going to be judged. And we are going to judge angels. I'm just saying, guys. God is not jealous. Amen. Amen. Yahweh is. But the Most High is not. Uh, J.H. Tangy says, bro, I've given you so many likes for some answers. Thank you for the likes. I appreciate that. I didn't see any questions. If you had some questions, I'm sorry. Um, JHVH, Jehovah says that we cannot be forced into things. Uh, it must be chosen by us. If you remember, I'm speaking out against Jehovah in this. You know, uh, Again, respect to all belief systems here, but I'm speaking out against that idea, against this God of the Old Testament, Because I don't believe it. And I have the right to do that in a loving, respectful way. But for me, guys, this is what released me from so many of my own demons. Finally realizing that there's a God that actually does love me, that's been with me from the beginning. My first love, the God of my youth. The one that doesn't need to come down in fire and smoke and give me rules and regulations, but rather embody within me. JHvh is not Jehovah. That name is wrong. Sure, yeah. I mean, I don't. I uh, I don't know. I don't get into all of that. There's all the different etymologies and how you you know pronounce things and everything, and and I'm I'm just not that guy. I'm not very scholarly. So, <laughs> um, but anyway. So yeah. I, sorry, I missed any questions there like i said i try not to get in and debate specifics i'm more about this big picture i'm trying to give you guys the big picture you know i don't care all the memes and stuff going around saying the name of yahweh is written in our dna we're beautiful he loves us blah blah blah. i don't care about that guys we can see anything we want to see i'm talking about actually adding up the data not just taking circumstantial stuff but looking at the data and when it's quite obvious that Christ was speaking out against the enslavement of people by this God, then there's a problem when we don't recognize that. Yeah, some people call him El Shaddai, but that is not quite correct either. Yeah, you have a lot. Again, you've got a lot of different cultures, a lot of different languages, a lot of different time periods. And a lot of, by the time it got to us 2,000 years later, a lot of different manipulation of the text. That's just, that's just what it is. That's just truth. Any historian will tell you that's been manipulated, the, the Bible that we have today. And then you can't even go to a Christian bookstore without, you could buy every Bible on the shelf and they're all going to say something different because they're all written from a certain perspective well, God is is so powerful, he'll pre- he'll preserve the essence of it. No, he preserved the essence of his word in you because you know the truth and I know the truth. This text can guide us to better understand what's going on, but we have to have eyes to see and ears to hear. Host, be advised, we will visit your platform whenever you go live. Uh, Simon St. Peter said, well, you're welcome here. I hope you're here. Um, and if you have something good, Simon, you know, drop it down in the comments. I'd love to hear you. So, uh, we've got some good stuff going on here. And if you didn't hear the whole podcast, go back and listen to it. Cause some pretty interesting data, pretty powerful, uh, mind opening spirit releasing truths here that really, really are deep. I hope you guys are getting what I'm saying. Now the last verse I'm going to compare and contrast, and then I'll answer a couple more questions here is from Deuteronomy 32, 39, 42. And I want you guys to think about a loving God and tell me if this is it. Yahweh says, I kill, I wound. I make my arrows drunk with blood and my sword shall devour flesh. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only and one son that whoever believes in him should not perish, perish and you might retranslate that to whoever believes him should not perish but have eternal life for God didn't send his son into the world to judge the world but that the world should be saved through him. Loving nature will prevail. Amen, Kelly. Yeah, it's the fallen ex-spiritual. It's it's the the watchers. We've been worshiping the watchers from the beginning of time. And we've been enslaved to them, and we've been used by them, and farmed by them, and they've taken our resources and even our very salvation upon themselves. And here we are. Finally waking up. And Christ has been hidden, hidden in and out of the Matrix over and over and over and over. That Matrix movie couldn't be more beautiful when it comes to the gospel. If you haven't rewatched the Matrix movie, the very first one from this perspective that we're talking about, it's pretty powerful. So. But I appreciate you guys being here today. If you missed the whole episode, we got a few people popping in now. Patrick, you can go watch it on YouTube. Uh, We're talking about Yaldabaoth. We're talking about Jesus, the true message of the Christ, the universal message, that one of light, the unity or source, God of gods, God most high. You can find my podcast at cubcooker, C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R, cubcooker.com. All of my socials are at the top as well as a link to all of the podcast platforms where you can subscribe on any of your favorite platforms. You can also watch the video podcast on my YouTube channel. Everything's over there. Also, we post the full podcast over on my Facebook page. All the links are at cubcooker.com. You can go check it out. I hope this has been a really good uh, a good message for everyone to hear, a, a positive message, one that I hope you feel more loved. I hope you feel more accepted and seen because you're not alone. And we're here to love each other, guys. And that's the message. And that, that message is what I'm going to continue to preach, no matter what alien thing we look into, no matter what. UFO or Sasquatch or any of the paranormal stuff we do on here. I love doing that. But people got to be entertained. But while they're entertained, we're going to love them. We're going to lead them. We're going to keep this message going. I love what we're doing. Yeah, Yahweh Mountain Ruler. Yeah, absolutely. The God of Storms, uh, God of the Mountain, all of that stuff. Uh, Monarch... Says at 74 Leathercraft, thank you. What's up, 74 Leathercraft? Uh, I just now saw you were still here. I thought you jumped out. I'm sorry. Um, 74 Leathercraft says, Love it, brother. Y'all go check him out, go follow his channel if you can. Uh, just take a, a minute here as soon as you jump off, go hit him up. He has some beautiful leather work, he's doing some really cool stuff over there. If you're a craftsman at heart, you like to make stuff he's got some really cool tips for you over there he's a faith-based creator one of my best brothers go check it out uh, I love what he's doing over there he's on all the socials too so you can go check it out he's got a wallet drop coming with handmade wallets he does hand stitched and machine stitched check out his blue and tobacco colored wallets um, not not actual tobacco but color the color uh beautiful beautiful work that he's doing over there go check it out so um, ex Spiritual says we have to go live again, man. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh so I hope you guys are are getting what I'm saying here. Like I said, um this is this is a timeless message. This is not like, you know, one that's just coming out now. Like people have known this for a long time. Um, and of course the Gnostics knew it and um they were kinda kind of put away on a shelf for a while, but it's still coming out. So I love you guys. And thank you for being here. Um, come back, come listen, come learn, come share, come be loved, come be light and take it out to other people. So I love you guys. We'll have, uh, we'll have a thousand years for this guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love y'all. You'll have a beautiful evening, and I'm going to see you tomorrow. You can check out part one and part two of this over on my YouTube channel. They'll both be up by this evening, so go check it out. Thank you so much. Y'all have a beautiful, beautiful evening. Peace.